What up, y'all? It is actually episode 64 this time. Sorry. <laughs> I I managed to mess that up in my notes, but who knew until after I decided to record the episode and write the show notes. Well, it is Final Four Saturday for the men. The national semifinals for the women were last night. We have two finalists for the national championship on Sunday night for the women. We'll talk about that. And we'll get into more coaching changes. And I forgot to talk about baseball. So we'll talk about a whole bunch of things. But if you got March Madness still, or if you got March Sadness, you always have the Sports Wagon Podcast after the drop. episode 64 of the sports wagon podcast it's your man uncle dub hit me up on twitter it's uncle dub i-t-s-u-n-c underscore d-u-b did i get that right you know where it is um you listen to this podcast enough you know where to find me um i'm up early recording early again i mean i don't know which one i prefer if i prefer early or late it's something about early that's nice it's something about um late that's cool i mean i've, I've done more recording at night than in the morning but you know you tell me what you think um doesn't really matter the maybe the content's the same i'm hoping the energy is the same but um some coaching news from the college ranks as i said it is uh, final four saturday for the men we'll talk about the final four for the women last night i mean two great games i mean um it I, I want to talk about so we'll, so we'll get to it in just a minute. Um, before we do, let's talk about um, probably the biggest um, uh, I, item from sports from about a couple days ago. Uh, the University of North Carolina hit basketball coach Roy Williams retired. Um, so after uh, 18 years in North Carolina, three national championships, so the 05, the 09, the 17 title, um, 33 years total. Uh, as a head coach so he spent 15 years at kansas where he took them to the final four four times went to the went to the title game twice but no titles at kansas so overall as a coach so assistant and head coach he was in coaching for 48 years as a head coach he was 903 and not and 264 so his winning percentage is about 77 percent he's fourth all time in wins um as far as his time in North Carolina, uh, nine ACC regular season titles, three ACC tournament titles. Um, I think he's the only coach to have 400 wins at two schools. So that'd be at North Carolina and Kansas. And he was inducted into the Navy Smith Basketball Hall of Fame in 2007. Um, 
I saw Roy Williams trending on Twitter and didn't even you know stop to be like, so what's going on? And I think later on that night, because I know what's it? This was what this is Saturday, so this happened on Wednesday. So I think I recorded Wednesday and wanted to you know kind of come back to this after I realized I'm going Roy Williams retired. What the heck? But as we all know, North Carolina really hasn't had um, the season. You know, last season was a complete disaster, and of course, with the with the pandemic, everything got canceled. This season wasn't great, but it was better. It wasn't great by North Carolina standards. And in his uh, his remarks, Roy Williams just basically said that he did not feel like he was the right man for the job anymore. He said that you know, if he were going to retire. Um, it would be because maybe he said it would be his health or if he just felt like it wasn't for him to be the coach anymore. And I think that's pretty much the general consensus among most coaches. I mean, you know, Roy is 70 years old and, you know, he, you know, you know, I, you know, he's not an old man, but, you know, you have to, you know, do things a little differently as you get older and, you know, the energy level may or may not be the same. The enthusiasm may or may not be the same, but, you know, to basically, you know, do what he did for the last 33 years. And then of course, total of 48 years and to kind of keep going, um, you know, that required a lot. And so with that said, considering the, the, the way things have been going at Carolina, he just felt that it was time for him to step aside. And that really says a lot about who Roy Williams is as a person. Um, so many of his former players attested, can attest to his character, the type of person that he is, and just the fact that that's who he is. If he feels like he can't commit to something and give his energy to all to something, then he was going to step aside. But they also said that that was part of his nature too. He was just very, he, very humble, you know, and he, you know, just wanted to, you know, just, just, you know, he wanted to ensure that the program was going to be okay and if it wasn't going to be at its very best then he was going to step aside um his possible successors so there's a long 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 list of people because of course this is the job that because the carolina coaching tree is so just you know there's so many branches to this tree that you know many people have said that it should be kept in the family and I think it will be I think it will be a Carolina guy who will take over again um I think Larry Brown told uh I think even Packer and Durham a couple days ago and he said that and you know as we know Larry Brown uh former Kansas coach former everywhere coach Larry Brown's coached so many places I I've lost track um but he's Carolina grad as well and he said that you know yes it should be a Carolina guy to take over and he said that uh, Roy Williams should have a say in who will be will succeed them and i think that's absolutely fair um just a few names here so some carolina guys here at least uh well four i got four names uh, five names three of them are carolina guys um probably one of your best chances here is wes miller uh he's the head coach at unc greensboro so he played for roy williams uh, Hubert Davis, so he is currently an assistant. He is, you know, on the bench, so he's right there. That would be, you know, if you want to really, really make this a, I won't say a smooth transition because you could bring somebody from, okay, bring somebody from the outside. There's going to be 
some trans transitory things that have to happen but i'm saying from the standpoint of you know okay hubert you're in the building you just move your office up the hall here and keep it going because you're right here you know what's happening right now if you bring somebody in from the outside i mean they know the carolina culture it's just they have to you know have the transition point and the transition period and try to get used to everything i mean you know they have to hit the ground running with recruiting and all that stuff because you know we're in the thick of it right now but for the most part um it, it would be you know a little bit a little bit less of a transition if, if that made sense um then there's a jerry stackhouse so he's the current head coach at vanderbilt um so a lot of folks are thinking if it's stackhouse then there can there's some concerns so here we go jerry's been at um vanderbilt for two seasons so and overall he's 20 and 38 he's 6 and 28 in the sec um, so with that, we know there's no NCAA appearances. Um, I think I read somewhere that recruiting has kind of been the issue. But then you have to ask the question, is it recruiting from his standpoint or is it recruiting from the standpoint of you're just trying to get folks to come to Vanderbilt? I don't know the whole story. I can say that Vanderbilt has had success in the recruiting realm. It's not like Vanderbilt has never had a good basketball team. So... So then that kind of is, I think for a lot of folks, a red flag, but you know, Jerry Stackhouse is on the list. Um, then you have King Rice. So he is currently at Monmouth. He's the head coach there. He's also played, uh, I think he played for Coach Smith. So um, he's done fairly well in the conference, in the Monmouth's conference, which escapes me right now, but he's had no NCAA appearances. So that's kind of, you know, a little bit of a red flag as well. Um, Steve Robinson, so he is not a Carolina grad, but he is a longtime Roy Williams assistant. So he was with him at Kansas. He's been with him at UNC. Um, you know, a lot of folks think he'll probably get an interview. But again, if this is kind of like we want to keep this in the Carolina family, then I think Steve Robinson probably won't be uh, considered. Okay. Um, now, ESPN is, is good for this because they always want to give you the long shots because this is such a high profile job. And then I got to tell you what Stephen A said, which I sort of was like, I can see it, but of course Stephen A is talking crazy as he usually does. All right, so your long shots, Jay Wright from Villanova. Okay, come on, it's Jay Wright, he's not going anywhere. Tony Bennett from Virginia. Okay, I mean, if that happens, yo. <laughs> um, Scott Drew from Baylor. <laughs> I mean, he's in the Final Four tonight. <laughs> And Mark Few from Gonzaga. I mean, two Final Four coaches currently. I mean, but we'll see how that goes. I mean, anything can happen. This is, you know, I don't know if Carolina is really trying to make a decision today. You know what I mean? Not literally today, but or if they are trying to, you know, take this, um, you know, take this, you know, slow. I know that they are not using search firm. They're going to be using, I think it's what the president the athletic director Bubba Cunningham and they're talking to former players and alums and they're gonna um, look for uh, the successor to Roy Williams um, some other notes from the coaching world uh, Duke associate head coach Nate James is now the head coach of Austin P. when I saw that pop on um, the ESPN um, bottom line I was like well I think that sort of the timing is interesting in that I think, uh, if I recall correctly, um, 
well, let me say not recall correctly. I talked about it. Steve Wojciechowski is out of a job. I have a feeling Wojo might be back in Durham on the bench next to Coach K as an assistant coach. Just hold on. Don't know if that's going to happen, but if it happens, you heard it here first. <laughs> not that I knew. Um, Porter Moser, so the head coach of Loyola Marymount, there are reports that are saying that he is currently in talks to be the next head coach at Oklahoma. Um, so interesting because he seems to get linked with every job. I think I've said his name at least a dozen times every time a big job. Um, you know, every time a big job comes up, um, he's a Midwest guy. Um, he's only had a couple, I mean, he's, you know, everyone calls him when there's a high profile job. He, I think he turned down St. John's, or at least he talked to St. John's when, uh, Chris Mullen stepped down a few years ago. But as we all know, he came back to Loyola, um, Loyola, Mar uh, Loyola Chicago rather, um, so, um, so of course, um, Joe Castiglione, um, the AD at Oklahoma, quickly, you know, looked towards him after the, um, I won't say the sudden retirement of Lon Kruger. I mean, um, the, I think the only people who probably weren't surprised may have been Joe Castiglione. I mean, who knows? But anyway, um, so that's kind of an ongoing story. We'll see how that, um, how that pans out um, shortly. Um, let's see. The other big story from yesterday, the Major League Baseball pulls the All-Star game from Atlanta due to the voter Georgia, the Georgia voter law. Um, I feel like it was something else I wanted to say about Roy Williams. I'll come out of Roy Williams. Um, so with this voter law, um, if you read about it, you know, it was, you know, in response to Georgia flipping blue in this past election. So, the election of Georgia's first Jewish and black senators, the state carried for Joe Biden. And so in response, their governor, Brian Kemp, decided to write a bill that essentially, you know, made it a crime to give people food and water while they're standing in line. You have to have ID to vote by mail. I'm going, wait, you have to have ID to vote by mail. So let me get this straight. If I get a piece of mail that comes to me it has my information on it and I send it in, but I have to give you ID to do that. Does, okay. Call me crazy, but I'm saying it out loud. Does that make not, does not, does not, does that not make any sense? What? I like, I voted by mail this past election. What did I do? I got on my computer. I, uh, you know, went on the board of elections website and said, Hey, I'd like to vote by mail. I entered all my information. So I confirmed who I was then, they sent it to me and I voted by mail. I mean, but then you've got people online who wanna be like, I don't know what you're talking about. This law is gonna make people, uh, it's gonna make it easier for people to vote by mail. So you wanna guess who those people were? People who actually support this suppressive voter law. You know, uh, President Biden called it uh, uh, Jim Crow on steroids. So, um, you know, as much as I, have criticized Rob Manfred on this show. Um, I have to give him props for being taking the courage to do that. Now, again, I've also seen the arguments online. Well, if you do that, you're going to hurt, um, you know, you hurt the workers. You're going to hurt people who work in the stadium who, who uh, make money off this event. Okay. I get that. But my whole thing is where else are you going to hit these folks? 
it's like in the last several years, for the last four years in particular, Republicans have gotten away with murder. Nobody has felt any consequences from everything that has happened. So what, do you, what are you going to do? I'm sorry that a lot of people have to be, they have to take collateral hits for this, but this is not right. You are literally trying to suppress the votes of a group of people that didn't vote for you. So let's try this. If you don't get their votes, sorry, don't be a dick. Why don't you try not being a dick and maybe people will vote for you? How about that? It's just like, I don't, it's like, if someone doesn't vote for you, then the next move is to, well, they don't, if they don't vote for me, then I'm just going to take away the right to vote. Does that make any, so basically you're just going to make them more mad and less likely to vote for you. It's like, it's like, I don't really understand just how stupid people are. It just doesn't make not a lick of sense. It's just like, but I mean, I feel for the people who are, again, taking the collateral damage in this, but how do you go to Georgia, to Atlanta specifically, to to, to, um, to their, to Truist Field, I think it's Truist Field, and have an all-star game, and in this game, you're going to celebrate the life of, of Hank Aaron in the middle of all this. Yeah, I think Major League Baseball made the right decision, and it's unfortunate, but what that says to me is that you know, Georgia just needs to get their act together. I'm sorry. I hate to say it. Georgia just needs to really freaking get their act together because, you know, and their governor, I mean, he goes from here to there. You know, he was, you know, doing all this stuff to kind of basically all the stuff he's doing in the middle of the pandemic is basically spread more COVID. And now I'm going to sign this voter law because you don't like my, my party. You don't like me. I mean, good luck on getting reelected, dude. I mean, um, and put it this way, in the middle of all this, if he gets reelected, then I hate to say it, you know where the problem is. He sh- This man should not get reelected. He should not get reelected. And we all know he got elected to begin with by stealing that election from Stacey Abrams. We know this. So um, kudos to Major League Baseball, Rob Manfred's um, status as a commissioner has you know, bumped up a little bit more with me. Not to say that, you know, I don't think anyone could get any worse than Roger Goodell. I think Roger Goodell is literally the worst commissioner in all of sports. But Manfred, you know, with the way he handled the Astros scan, I'll talk about the Astros in a second. Um, you know, he was just falling down some pegs there. But yeah, Rob, Rob Manfred, um, you get a little applause for that because I just think that was just the best decision um, possible. Um so, as I mentioned, opening day was a couple days ago, April 1st. Um, and with that, we had, um, let's see, we had some stuff happening with MLB. Yes, yeah, so the Nationals and, um, was it Nationals and Mets? The Mets and Nationals, their series got postponed. Um, so, they have four players positive with COVID. Um, so... So I don't know when their first when they're gonna play. Um, I don't know when they're gonna play their first game. Um, yeah, they're supposed to play Monday. So at this point, um, they're gonna try to get ready to play on Monday against the Braves. And I think they'll be. Um, I don't know if they're gonna be at home or not. But anyway, they're gonna play. They play the Braves soon. So that's so that's your first uh, COVID issue in Major League Baseball. That's one of the big stories. Um, speaking of the Astros, the other story 
they played uh, the A's. I think they played in Oakland to open their to open their season. And uh, you want to talk about the Boo Birds were in effect. The people were letting the Astros know how they felt about their role or about what they did to win that World Series and all the cheating and the the, the signs were out. And um, it's it's going to be a long season for Houston. Um, you know, I haven't seen them play. I'm, I haven't really uh, dealt. Uh, I haven't dived too much into um, MLB and its current state right now as far as, you know, who's going to do what this season. But, you know, with 162 games, everybody <laughs> plans to be a contender. But it's going to be interesting to see, you know, who's going to do um, who's going to do what. As a matter of fact, let me take a quick look at the standings real quick because I want to see who's already. Um, let's see. So far, the AL East what the Red Sox and the Yankees are both 0-1. Um, the Indians and the Twins are 0-1. The A's are 0-2. Yikes. Okay. Um, okay, guys. Um, so they've dropped two to the Astros. The Marlins are 0-2. That's a little bit of a shock to me. Um, the Cubs are 0-1. The Reds are 0-1. And the Diamondbacks are 0-2. So, I mean, in the next... I don't know. In the next week or two, we're going to know who are going to be the worst teams. In other words, um, if you've dropped um, by next week, if you've dropped five games, you're pretty much out of contention at this point. So you what? You've dropped five games. You're supposed to play 162, give or take. So that week leaves you with 157. So basically, you've dropped five. There's a chance you might go like, uh, um, I don't know, it's a chance you just won't be in contention. Uh, by the all-star break and after the all-star break as i've said before they should just say you should just stop playing we should just focus on the teams who are gonna be in contention for the uh for the for the uh for the world series title that's kind of my my over my my thinking uh in that regard um oh one other kind of little side note story from major league baseball so uh toronto the toronto blue jays i think they are playing their home i forget they're playing their home games here i forget where but i think they started on the road well i won't say they were in new york yeah i think they were playing the yankees anyway they brought back the powder blue unis you remember the if, if you're as old school as i am you remember the powder blue uniforms they brought them joints back and they look pretty dope so um if you if you are a big Toronto Blue Jays fan. I'm not because I'm think I'm still mad about that one World Series they won, and um, I watched it in a bar. I think was it uh, Mitch Williams uh, when he threw the home run to Joe Carter, <laughs> or threw the pitch and Joe Carter knocked it out of the park. Um, I was in a, a bar with some friends, and we um, the world you know obviously the, the game was on on a particular like a Saturday night. The game was on, and they were playing in Toronto. And um, we all, you know, were, you know, hopping around, partying, went to this bar that we usually frequent and um, sat down. So one of my f friends from college, she's from Canada, she's from British Columbia, and she was just talking, just talking, yang, yang, yang. I'm like, look, Philly's got this. Uh, I think it was, I think it was game seven. I think it might be, I think it was game seven. I said, Philly's got this, man, whatever, whatever. So game was tied and then we all knew what happened. And I was like, I don't believe this. And I can't believe, America just lost this this game to a Canadian team. I was so mad, <laughs> but no, nah, it's it's all good though. Shout out to um, the Blue Jays. Um, thanks for bringing back the powder blue uniforms. I think that is exactly what the game was missing. 
All right, so when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about, we'll recap the women's final four. We'll set the table for the final. Um, talk about a little bit about the men's matchup. And we'll also kind of set up what's happening for next week. So a couple things happening next week, and we'll set the table for that. Stay tuned. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Then Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms. You also can make money for your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, welcome back. So I want to again. This thing does some weird things when you start recording. So I want to make sure I fix that. But I did the last time. But yeah, I'm still getting used to this. But I, I really like it because it just makes recording so much easier. It kind of takes the pressure off of being a, a one take kind of guy. All right, the women's final four last night. Who man? I tell I tell you, I, if you thought the first game was good and nerve-wracking. The second game was even more so nerve-wracking because uh, I guess just the implications of the game. So let's talk about game one. Game one, uh, Stanford 66, South Carolina 65. So, um, Bria Beal, Bria Beal rather, um, I hate these videos that play in the middle of logging on the Sports Center, uh, logging on the ESPN rather, uh, Bria Beal, uh, Zaya Cook rather, uh, 25 points led the uh, uh, Gamecocks and Destiny Henderson had 18 um, for Stanford um, it was Haley Jones with 24 points and 4 rebounds Lexi Hull 18 points 13 rebounds so she had a double double this game came down to the last shot and unfortunately with 2 opportunities to hit a 2 point basket that would have given South Carolina the win. The ball did not go in and Stanford survived. So the number one overall seed is on to the final on Sunday night. Who will they play? They will play their conference rival, the Arizona Wildcats. Arizona shocked the world. They took down 11 time. I can't, can't remember the numbers. I think 11 time national champion UConn by 10 points so if you remember <laughs> i said you know um genorium uh, in my last show i said genorium kind of reminds me of the emperor from from star wars the way he builds this program it the only difference is he builds a death star and there's no self-destruct button well let me pause on that one because if you watch the game, you notice that um, Arizona wore their red unis last night, and we all know the Rebel Alliance. They were all about reds, and red two, Ari McDonald, 26.7 rebounds and two steals uh, to lead Arizona in this huge win. So the three-seed Arizona, they will play number one overall seed Stanford for the third time this season. So Stanford got them twice this year. Um so Arizona is hoping that the third time is the charm. They can knock off their conference rivals. But look at this. The Pac-12 has not won a national title, I want to say, since Stanford won it. No, it hasn't been that long. It's been a number of years. I have to go check check the uh, check the archives here. Um, shame on the research department. 
and I'm the research department um, that I didn't know that. Um, but anyway, uh, I mean, it was it was such a great game. I mean, and it was um, this game. I think what Vegas had the over under in this game is one twenty seven. So this game was at one twenty eight. So that's that's kind of crazy. But here's the thing. Um, UConn and Arizona are both ranked for scoring defense. UConn was fourth in the country. Arizona's 15th, but Arizona was not in the top 50 in offense. UConn averages 83 points a game. Arizona's defense held them to 59 points. That was a key piece to this game. Uh, Ari McDonald was on Paige Becker, so Ari McDonald got that assignment. She is the uh, co-defensive player of the year in the Pac-12 Pac and Paige Beckers, as we know, uh, was the uh, AP Player of the Year. Uh, she ended up with 18. So, in, for the first three quarters, um, she was not, you know, she was hitting very few or uh, no, she was, I'm going to say she was hitting very few points. She was being denied the ball. I mean, that was some great defense they played. But if you look at the, the score sheet for this game, um, what they needed in this game, they got. Um, in the uh, Elite Eight game, they needed more balanced scoring. They got it against Texas A&M. But in this game, uh, McDonald with 26 points. Kate Reese had 11 points. Uh, Sam Thomas got 12. And, I, and, and Rebecca Lobo said what, I, what I've been saying all season. Sam Thomas is the X factor. She is the player that can get it, get it all done. She plays great offense, plays great defense. And even talking to her, she said that she needs to shoot more, that she she won't hit as many shots, but her coach and Aaron McDonald tell her to keep shooting, and that's what she needs to do. She can hit those shots, and she hit some big shots when they needed it. So, I mean, more scoring off the um, more scoring from their starters, and they shot, what, 40% from the field. They shot uh, about 37% from three-point land. Um, let's see. They held UConn to about 36% shooting. UConn shot slightly better from the three-point line. So there you have it, two fantastic games, and it was just so much fun to watch. But, I mean, that that South Carolina game was very heartbreaking. I was I was praying <laughs> that South Carolina could, um, could win because, as I talked about, I mean, wouldn't it have just been a beautiful thing to have – both Dawn Staley and Adia Barnes in the in the national championship game, but I mean, regardless, we're gonna get one because we know we're gonna, we, there's a possibility we we get neither. We're gonna get one, so now uh, Adia Barnes has to sit there and try to figure out the riddle that is Stanford and the way Stanford plays. I mean, they just come at you with so many different players. I mean, they've got the Hull twins, they got Cameron Brink. Um, Anna Wilson, so she is the co-defensive player of the year in the Pac-12. She shared that award with um, 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 Aaron McDonald. So I mean, there's got there's a lot of pieces and a lot of layers to the onion to unfold to see can Arizona do it one more time? Can they shock the world one more time? Take down their uh, conference rivals to bring home the hardware, but we won't know until Sunday night. Um, as we know, the final four is tonight on the men's side. So I can't, I, I can't stand when you open ESPN and they're playing these freaking videos. It's so annoying. Which which tab? Do I, oh, it's this one here. 
have to close this tab. You, you probably can hear it. Um, anyway, um, as I mentioned, game one starts at five fourteen. Houston and Baylor. Um, Baylor five point favorites in that one. Um, yeah, I think this is probably this will probably be the better of the two games. Not to say that you know UCLA doesn't have a shot, um, but I expect it to be competitive. And um, there's you know a lot of things that have to get done for U- UCLA to pull this upset off. I mean, I mean, what Vegas has this as a 14 point game for in the favor of Gonzaga. So they're the favorites for 14. Let's see the over and under in these games are fairly high. Let's see over under for the first national semifinal is one. I say 135. So that's what 70, oh, 60 something. Anyway, 60 some points total, which I think that might be over. Um, 10 points more for 11 points more for. Uh, the the nightcap at eight thirty four, give or take. I mean, you know, they, they give you these weird times uh, because you know TV and if something goes to overtime, if the first game goes to overtime, the next game probably will start until like nine fifteen or nine twenty, something crazy like that. And of course, national championship on Monday night, the first game will be at like I mean, the game, not the first game, the game will be at like nine oh seven p.m. because of TV and all that good stuff. But nevertheless, um, expect. Two more good games, more good basketball today. Um, does Gonzaga continue the march towards 32 and 0? So I have, so after tonight, if they win, they'll be 31 and 0. They got one game to go. They'll play the winner of Houston and Baylor. Um, again, until something happens that you know says otherwise, you know I still say it's still Gonzaga's to win and. Uh, you know, that's the only constant I have in my bracket that I got Gonzaga <laughs> winning this thing and everything else. I think they're the only uh, team left in my final four, which is crazy to think about. But here we are. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I appreciate you tuning in and listening to the real episode 64. <laughs> actually, might that actually might be the title of the show because I... Um, the last episode, I, uh, I, you know, you have to name your files and everything. I named the file and then I go to save this file and I go, wait, there's already episode 64. I was like, shit. <laughs> so I have to probably, I think it would be remiss if I did not name this episode, the real episode 64, which would kind of be silly, but, um, but anyway, um, I thank you for listening, your support. Um, hit me up on Twitter. It's Uncle Dub, I T S U N C L E underscore D U B. Um, oh, I'm sorry. The week setup. I'm so sorry. A um, couple things next week, and we'll kind of get to them on Monday as we progress. Um, the Masters is next week, so there's a whole you know few days of events leading up to the first round of the Masters on Thursday. So if you remember last year they played the Masters in November, so it's only been about a few months since the crowning of the last Masters champion. So Dustin Johnson, uh, no, yeah, Dustin Johnson. Wow, so many Zach and Dustin, two different people. So Dustin Johnson is your defending champion at the Masters. And so he'll defend his championship. I think he won it at 20 under par, which is, I think those are crazy unheard of numbers. Um, NASCAR, shout out to my man, Drew. Uh, NASCAR's taking the week off. I'm sorry, Drew. Uh, you'll, you'll find something to do. Have a beer? 
or five. <laughs> um, uh, so they'll be at uh, Martinsville next weekend. So they'll hit the oval at Martinsville for 500 laps. Um, so you got plenty of time, brother, to get ready for, for the big one in Martinsville. Um, and uh, I think that's it. I think there's some spring football today. I think Clemson's spring football game is on ESPN today. So if you're craving some college football, you might want to check out the spring football game. I might try to see if I can peek in on that. Um, I'm interested to see what Clemson's looking like. I mean, you know, probably like the juggernaut they usually are. And that's going to, you know, be the standard by which the ACC will be judged because you got them and then somebody. <laughs> I don't know who, because as you remember, Notre Dame is no longer fully playing football again. Boo. I'll boo that decision until Notre Dame. Pardon my French, because I rarely cuss on this podcast, but I will boo that decision until Notre Dame shits or get off, gets off the pot, period. That's how I feel about it. Um, so kind of, you know, to end, you know, I, I started this show talking about Roy Williams and I didn't really take a moment to say, you know, coach Williams, you know, um, I, I grew up a UNC fan. I mean, I still do root for UNC unless they're playing Virginia, then all, you know, y'all just got to go somewhere else for now. But, um, you know, um, thank you for. The great basketball thank you for you know all that you've done for north carolina um enjoy your retirement um hey you know it, it's it's a new era it's a new day and, and and then at the same time too you know when you're at that age you know 70 is not old but you know you want to begin to you know enjoy life and not have to you know i mean you know he can he can retire and, and you know play golf and do all that good stuff so you know it, that it, I, I think that's a that's a that's a big story, you know. That you know, wherever you are in your life, you know, even if you're still like me, you're working every day. You know, you still have to find those moments to, you know, clear your head to enjoy life as much as you can to do the things that make you happy. And you know, that's kind of what we all have to do, and more so now than any other time because of just kind of what we're in. You know, this pandemic is not over yet we still got a little more time in this and you know the numbers are going back up so if you're out there please be careful please mask up get vaccinated if you can um as soon as you can and you know just do your due diligence do what you need to do because you know if they are out here making laws to make it harder for you to vote you know that they are still making laws that are going to make it harder to keep you safe so do what's necessary to keep you and yours safe. That's what's important in this in this time. And hopefully we'll be out of this thing soon. But, you know, we have to just keep doing what we need to do to protect ourselves and to protect each other and to protect the, the ones we love. All right. All right. Enjoy your Saturday. We'll get back to you hopefully on Monday. Um, we'll talk national championship. We'll talk because uh, I see Monday we'll have a women's champion. We won't have a men's champion. So we'll set up the final game in college basketball for the season, whomever it may be. We'll talk about the women's final um, and we'll set up the week and see what else is going on in the world of sports, whether it be on the field, on the court or even off the court. I don't have a problem giving my opinion and talking about what's going on because 
what's off the court is as important as what is on the court. Thank you and have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Sports Wagon Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and tell a friend about the show. You can also send me a voicemail or send me a message on Twitter or Instagram at It's Uncle Dub. That's I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. Also, please consider supporting the podcast at buymeacoffee.com backslash sports wagon pod. I really appreciate your support. Thank you.